بسم الله الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين شهر لا إله إلا الله وعشر محمد نبيه ورسوله بعد السلام عليكم رحمة الله ما شاء الله we're in Alfarada not Florida Alfarada which is just north of Atlanta Georgia is that right and for those of you listening to this program online or in the future I want to let you know that we're here in the Masjid and we've got quite a quite a crowd here. And uh, we're going to be talking about the subject about bridging, bridging the faiths. And uh, for most of the folks here, I'm sure you've heard about people talking about building bridges to Islam or building bridges to Christianity or building bridges to Hinduism, things like this. These are the terms that we often hear people refer to when they talk about bridge building. Is that right? Yeah, well, I think that some of our engineers are designing these things and doing that for us. Get this idea of, let's build something, you know. So they said, well, you know, that's a good way to do it. And uh, I used to kind of go along with just what everybody says, because unless Islam is having a specific order for or against something, you just uh, take everything as it comes. That's how it works in Islam, especially when you're talking about the daily life. You don't try to make up something. If it's if Islam is silent on a subject, then it's pretty much neutral. You can go the way you want to go. But if you've got something in Islam that's real clear, that says do this or don't do that, then you got to be careful. Now, when it comes to acts of worship, whenever it comes to any kind of act of worship, then you have to be particularly careful because you can't innovate something. So in this case, you have to look at it from the standpoint, if Islam is not saying anything about it, then you have to look and find out if there's something that will let you do it. Because you can't just say, well, it's silent so I can make up something. And for instance, there's nothing in Islam that says that people can't do swimming for Allah. We're going to say that. But you can't do it and consider it an act of worship because this is not established from Islam. I don't know if you follow what I'm saying. But the idea here is that when we start talking about something to do with the propagation of Islam, this is something Islam is telling us to do, to propagate, to share it. Therefore, it's considered something as a part of the ibadah or the worship. This means we have to look really close at it before we start saying, let's do this and do that and do something else. Because if we do, we could be really disappointed on the Day of Judgment. It could be in big trouble with the law. Let us think. Bridge building. And Sheikh Jafar Idris told us when we were over in India this year that this is not a good thing for us to use this term because it implies that Allah did not completely reveal the deen and here you are trying to build something that Islam is not having. All of us would immediately realize as soon as somebody said this, well, wait a minute, Islam is not deficient. There's nothing deficient in Islam. In fact, a perfect way of deen was revealed 1400 years ago. The meaning of this one is very clear. Most of you probably memorized this when you were little. Allah said, on this day have I perfected your deen for you, conferred my nama, favor on you, and have chosen for you to submit to me in this deen, Islam. So, when Allah said it's perfected, it's a perfected deen, 
Who are we to come along later and say, well, we're going to build something up or fix something that doesn't work or patch something together or build bridges? So therefore, we can't say that. Bottom line, if you use this term and you imply this, then you're insinuating there's something wrong with Islam. But, the good news is, it is perfect, so therefore the bridges are already there. What we just need to do is find out where they are and uncover them. Clean them up a little bit because we hadn't been using them. And Sheikh said to us that this was fine. We could do that. Say that. But don't imply that there's something wrong with Islam. And don't act like that you're inventing the religion. Because this is also wrong. Well, I didn't think of that. That's why we have scholars. You go to them. Every time I get a question, I go to somebody with knowledge. And I ask them, did Allah tell me to do that in the Quran? If you don't know, go ask the people of knowledge. What a great thought. Alhamdulillah, we did. We sat with the ulama on this subject numerous times. And this is what they came up with. Definitely you have to go to the people of the other religions. Especially their leaders. Because that's in Islam to do that. But you don't call it building bridges. You call it opening bridges. Now you say, well that's just playing with words. No, it's not. No, it's not. They can build whatever they want to build. And they do all the time. But we don't change anything in the deen. We open what Allah already gave us. Now, let's come to the subject. What would we say to these people? There's a good number of folks right here in Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, Texas. Go to uh, Florida. All of this is called the Bible Belt. And probably where we're at right now is what they might call the buckle on the Bible belt. You get a lot of folks around here, they're pretty pretty excited about their Bible, pretty happy about Jesus, not too happy about Muslims, and sure not happy about the word Islam, Quran, and Muhammad wasallam. So what do we do? One of the things that I've seen in a few years that I've been Muslim and keep in mind I used to preach Christianity so I do have a pretty good feel of both sides of the deal the thing that I noticed that some of the Muslims are falling into a trap some of the ones who really want to get out here and do something and I, I appreciate their effort I do and, and really the sincerity of some of the brothers you, you know it's great but you fall into a trap when you start thinking that you're the only one out here thinking that you need to change stuff or thinking that you need to make up something, or, and listen to me, listen real close, or lie. And you say, oh, no, we would never do that. Excuse me. I've heard brothers do it. I've heard brothers do it. I've heard brothers stand in front of the minbar and say things that, oh, it says in the Quran X, Y, Z, and it doesn't say that. It's a hadith. It's not in the Quran. And you say, well, that's close enough. No, it's not. Or they'll stand here and tell you that the Prophet ﷺ said something and he didn't say it. So if you know that, that's called what? That's called a lie. And it's not acceptable in Islam. It's very dangerous. So let's discuss this a little bit before we go any further. Prophet ﷺ was asked about Joban. Could somebody be Joban? That means a coward. He ran away during a, a battle, a ghaswa. So the guy takes off and runs away. Could he still be a believer? He said, yeah, he could be. I said, what about a guy that's really stingy? Bakhil. Somebody's really Bakhil. Could he be still a, a believer? He said, yeah, he could be. They said, what about somebody's Kadib? 
What is Kadib? Liar. He said, no. No. Now, many of you are familiar with the Quran, especially Surah 55, Surah Al-Rahman. We love this surah. It has an ayah which constantly runs through the whole thing. Who knows this ayah? You know the ayah? Usually they translate that to say, which of the favors of your Lord will you jinn and mankind deny? The operative word is deny. Because kadib is the last word. Kadiban. Kadiban. It's kadib. It doesn't mean deny. It means lie. It means lie. Which of the favors of your Lord will you lie against? Now, do you see how that works? That scares you, doesn't it? It does me too. Surah As-Saf, chapter 61 in the Quran. How does it begin? You know how it works. And Allah talks about in this, more or less the English meaning of it. He's telling you that why do you say that which you don't do? Hated to Allah is that you say it you don't mean it. You don't do it. Law hates liars. So don't think that you can come along and say, well, you know, for the good of the people, for the good of the dean, we can tell this little white lie. Because it won't work. And that's where people went astray before. It happened at the time of, the, of Moses and his people. Remember what they did? Well, Moses was up on the mountain. Remember what they did? They built the calf, the golden calf. And they worship the calf. Did they get in trouble? Huh. It's in the Bible. And it's in the Quran the same way. Same story. It's pretty serious. Not a joke. It happened at Jesus' time too. It's mentioned in the Bible about that. About the people that twisted, corrupted the scriptures. I'm sure that they started out believing that was for a good reason. But I've heard brothers in Islam do the same thing. Same approach. Well, brother, don't you think, listen to this one, don't you think that if a brother doesn't come in to pray, that we could just about tell him anything to get him to come to the masjid to pray? I mean, after all, he's going to go to hell if he doesn't pray, right? So isn't it okay for us to tell a little stretcher here to get him to come? No. No. Because Allah can forgive him. There's no doubt about that. Allah said it real clear in the Quran. Clearly states it's in Surah An-Nisa, chapter 4, verse 48. If you do go by the numbers like I do. Hmm. Allah said He doesn't forgive shirk. But anything else He can forgive. Anything else He could forgive. And making up the deen is shirk. Making up deen is shirk. Doesn't work. Now some brothers will tell you, I was over in Egypt a few months ago. And I saw something over there. I was kind of saddened about it. I told him, I said, you know, the last time I was here about four or five years ago, I saw over here two distinct things. I saw women wearing hijab and women not wearing hijab. But at least the ones wearing it knew they were supposed to wear it and what it was. The other women who weren't wearing the hijab, they knew what hijab is and they knew it was wrong, but they did it anyway. Well, this time when I went over, I saw weird stuff. I saw some women wearing hijab some women not wearing it. And then I saw everything in between. A woman's wearing a scarf or some kind of doily looking thing on her head. 
tight jeans are on her and got her arms are exposed over there and got maybe got uh, her earrings are showing, makeup is showing, jewelry is showing. Some of them even got tattoos. And they're showing this. and they're, But they got a scarf. And when you say, where do you get this from? You know what they said? They said, something's better than nothing, right? I said, wrong. No, a corrupted version of Islam, I already left. So no, I don't agree with something's better than nothing. In fact, deen is complete. Revealed by Allah as we just discussed. Complete deen is revealed by Allah. And Allah is not going to accept less than Is He going to accept half a deen? In a deen in the lahil Islam. Allah said that. Real clear. He's not going to accept any deen except Islam. وَمَمْ يَمْتَغِي غَيْرُ الْإِسْلَامَ الدِّينَ فَلَا يُكْبَلَا مِنْهُمْ وَهُوَ فِي الْأَكِرْتِ مِنَ الْخَسْرِينَ Allah is saying that whoever wants a deen other than the deen of Islam, He's not going to accept it from that person. And in the hereafter, that person's going to be with the losers. So, before we start going out the door... To tell other people what we got. Let's see what we got. Let's examine it real close. Because the idea of saying that something's better than nothing at the, at the expense of corrupting the deen is not acceptable. It's very dangerous. And in fact, that's how shaitan can take you and your family and everybody right out the deen door. Bye. And you will believe you're still in the deen. Well, well, well okay. We, we prayed Wednesday night, prayed uh, Friday morning, went to Juma twice last year. We had, uh, you know, we prayed half a Tarawee. And uh, in fact, we never missed Tarawee one year at all. We prayed Eid. We skipped all the farts a lot that month, but we prayed those. What would that be? Something's better than nothing. Why don't you pray one Rakah for uh, Fajr? Oh, something's better than nothing. Make voodoo on half your body. Okay, something's better than nothing. Now, do you see what I'm saying? It doesn't work. Some people say, well, step by step, brother. Yes, step by logical step. Logical step. What is the logical step? Didn't you ever see how you take a step? Your first step goes out the door, right? Second step continues, right? You don't go back in and come back out, go back in and come back out, turn around, hide in the closet for a while. You're not going to go anywhere. That's nonsense. This is nonsense. And how much more when we're talking about the deen of Allah, which has been revealed, doesn't need anybody to reconstruct it. Don't put away your engineering degrees and your slide rules and your calculators. We didn't ask you to build anything. But let's do work together to open up what's already there. We got that laid out. Now, for the rest of this weekend, I'm going to be talking on the same subject. You're going to get tired of hearing me say it. Okay? So, for sure, step by step, I do want to present it. I'll be talking about what are some of the steps for going forward, what we need to do with ourselves, with our families, with our neighbors, the people we work with every day. I want to also be talking about the subject of actually living as a Muslim and representing Islam through my deeds and actions and from my words. And so people look at me and won't be confused why he said this, but he does that. I want to also focus on how to discuss with people without corrupting my message, but at the same time without insulting their intelligence or actually attacking 
the Bible. Because by the way, Allah told us very clearly in the Quran not to do that. Some of you have the idea, and I've met a lot of Muslims, you know, alhamdulillah, actually millions in the last 14 years because of all the countries that I've visited and the programs we've done. But to say that I really sat with everybody, of course I didn't. But a majority of the Muslims believe that it's correct to have these big glorified debates where we get somebody from their side and somebody from our side and then just make a big show out of the whole thing. Big show out of the whole thing. How many of you know that recently there was a debate held and a Muslim was speaking against a Christian and the Christian really stomped him in the ground bad. Really, really bad. And he looked terrible when he walked away from it. How many of you knew about that? Didn't hear about it, did you? Christians are real proud of that. They're sharing that with everybody right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Two things. One, the person speaking doesn't have his act together for the Muslims. And the other one, on the other side, he really knew what he was doing and was really together in his presentation and he made sure not to lose his cool. So to the average person watching it, they say, oh, this guy lost, that guy won. So what will some people do? They'll just say, well, never mind that. We still got my Ahmadidat video. I'll keep passing that around. Now, Ahmadidat, by the way, we love him very, very much. And he passed away this past September. And there's no doubt we make the for him. And he did a lot of good things. And this is not against him whatsoever. But I was just in Baton Rouge last week. How many of you know where that debate took place between him and Jimmy Swagger? How many of you know where? Well, I'll tell you where, inshallah. Right there in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And it was put on by the Muslim Students Association. And what they did, they paid Jimmy Swagger to come over there and do that. Every person I asked, I was there last week. I've already known this from other people that I met who were there. Even in Hajj, I met some people that were there. But this time, I made a point to ask, what was the atmosphere in the room before the debate? And what was the atmosphere in the room after the debate? They said before it ever started, the Muslims had already divided themselves up over on one side and Christians on the other side. But by the time it was over, the Muslims were sneering. You know sneering and jeering, making faces, etc. at the Christians. And the Christians were doing the same back at them. Is this Dawah? Dawah means to invite, yes or no? Invite. Invite. If you Could you imagine I'm going to invite somebody across the street to come to my house to eat and go over there and say, Oh, well, so you won't come over to my house to eat? And he said, What are you talking about? Well, I'm having a party. How come you're not coming? Well, I didn't even know about it. Well, let me come in your house. I'm going to look in your refrigerator. Huh? What do you got in there? Oh, that old tuna fish? Wow, it looks like cat food. Huh? Who's, who's this man? You eat junk like that? What is that? Oh, that looks like old pizza in there. You gonna eat that? I got good food at my place. Why don't you come over there? You think he's gonna come? Huh? You'd be lucky if he don't shoot you. Why don't you try that right here in Georgia sometime? Just walk across the street, bang on somebody's door and tell them how crappy their food is. Just try it and see what you get. You can run fast, right? But you don't need to. 
Now why would we, we know we wouldn't do that over food. That's not the way to invite somebody. So why would we do that with this line? Where did we get this idea from? Now, some scholars told me that the Prophet ﷺ used to sit and answer questions that the Jewish scholars brought to him. Did you hear what I said? I'm going to ask you. Have you got Jewish scholars here in your neighborhood? Huh? And if you do, are you ready to sit with them? Are you prepared? Are you a scholar? No. No. How many years did you study at Al-Azhar? Where did you get your master's degree in Islam? Where did you get your PhD in Arabic? Please tell me. Before you open your mouth. Because I recall real well on that debate tape that it started out with Jimmy Swigert saying real clear he was not a scholar of the Bible. Which means what? He's automatically disqualified. What is the topic? Is the Bible the Word of God? Huh? How can I get up and say, look, I want to talk about which one of these automobiles is the best, okay? We're going to talk about a Lamborghini, a BMW, a Cadillac, okay? Oh, and by the way, I have no idea what a car even is. Huh? I just know how to drive them. Oh, and I've never driven a Lamborghini and never driven the BMW, but I did drive an old Cadillac once. Am, am I the right guy to be talking about this stuff? Huh? Am I going to tell you how many cubic inches or, or centimeters the offset of the, the head or the uh, block of one car compared to another car? Can I do that? No. That's not my, my area of expertise. What am I doing in that conversation, much less a debate? Everybody with me? I didn't make anybody mad, did I? Okay, I don't want you to get mad at me. But I'm just trying to show you what will happen if we do that. And when you're all done, nobody comes to Islam. Plus, now you've got new enemies. Do we need more enemies right now? Let me ask that question. No, have we got enough? Let's see, we got shaitan. Allah said in the Quran, Ya yuladina amanu ukhlu. Oh, you who believe enter into Islam perfectly, don't follow the footsteps of shaitan. He is your what? Your avowed enemy, a sworn enemy, Mubin. Clearly. So we got him and all his shayateen. Then let's see, we got the, the human shayateen out here against us. Yes. And by the way, I didn't say Bush. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I was just saying human shayateen. But there are plenty of people that hate Islam. Plenty of them. Do we need to get some more? Okay. So let's consider all of that before we jump out here and start talking about building bridges and interfaith dialogues and, you know, because what I have seen, I have seen people sit down together and work things out really, really nice. Beautiful. And I'd like to encourage us to do that. Can we do that? Let me tell you what happened. Just to give you an example. Last November, a year ago, December that time, somebody in Australia, an organization there, offered that I should go down there and do some programs. And I listened to what they had to say. And they said, you know, we want to get you instead of, I don't want to mention this other person's name, another American. We're going to get another American. They want him to do a debate with several of these Christians down here 
We want to get you instead because you used to be a preacher and you could really tear them up and blah, 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 blah. I said, brother, let me tell you something. I was going along with you until you started talking like this. Now I have no interest to go. And if you have this guy over there doing that, I'm not going to be in the country when it happens because I don't want to be there when it hits the fan. I don't need that. They said, what are you talking about? And I gave them the same lecture I just gave you. And they said, brother, we never thought of that. We didn't realize that. I said, well, have you got a pretty good deal going in Australia now? They said, yeah, we do. Government's pretty good with us. We're pretty good with them. And they leave us alone. We leave folks alone. We got this. We got that. It's Lebanese. It's a lot of Lebanese uh, Muslims. There's, there's a lot of Pakistani uh, subcontinent, Indian, and so on. But the ones that really try to get out there strong with it are, in fact, they, and it's strange, they called me yesterday. I just, for out of the blue, they called me and was congratulating us again on how great it turned out. Because you know what I told them? I will dialogue with these people only. Dialogue, which means two logs. You speak, I speak, but nobody's cutting down the other one. And the subject has to be on how we can cooperate together for the benefit of our youth in the future. That has to be the subject. Otherwise, I'm not coming. And you must cut off the other speaker. I don't care what it takes. That other guy cannot go down there and do that because I know what's going to happen. It will cause the fitness and you guys will wish you had never ever done it. Now, I'm not psychic. okay? In fact, I make a lot of mistakes every day. But you could go back and look in the last one year and see exactly what I said and what happened. Exactly. Because I did go... We did have three of their big scholars lined up. One who's in the parliament, very famous all over there. Uh, and then another one, Dr. David Milliken. These people are still in touch with me. In fact, they liked what I said so well, uh, privately, even before we had any public discussion. They were praying with us, asking, oh God, guide us. That was their prayer. And I said, pray like that. And they said it. How about that? And while we were making salah, they were standing behind us praying. Praying along, saying, oh, we want to pray to the same God as God of Abraham. Yeah, these are their leaders. But the one, the one that they were originally going to do this big debate with, at the last minute, on the last night, changed his mind and decided he was going to do a debate anyway. Even though we had all agreed, we had all talked about what we're going to do, what we're not going to do, he broke all the rules. And instead of taking 30 minutes, he took the whole entire hour. We had a crowd of, I think, around 5,000 people. And he cut and slapped and trashed Islam, the Quran, the Prophet Islam, in every possible way you could imagine. And some that you can't imagine. He lied, misrepresented, and just went on and on and on. When he was done, I just got up and walked out of the room. I went outside. The brothers came out after me. Oh, Sheikh, you got to go back in there and tear him apart like he did. You show him that this is wrong and that's wrong. One of the brothers was telling me while he was doing all this, why don't you make notes? Aren't you going to make any notes? How are you going to argue? I said, I don't need any notes. When he opened his mouth, I had all I needed. When I went to the parking lot, guess what we found? Two amazing things in the parking lot. Somebody's planning a lot more than we are. Every single automobile in every single direction for a couple of blocks, had papers on their windshields, all in Arabic, trashing Islam. Now, what does that tell you? Arabic, trashing Islam. 
And we don't have to go very far to figure out who did that, do we? In fact, they were sitting in the front row. They were sitting in the front row cheering him on. Yeah, yeah, that's it, that's it. Mm -hmm. Maronites from Lebanon. Christians. That's one. The other thing we found? The riot squad was there. Yes. The riot squad was there. The police were there. And they were ready for a riot because they thought they had been told there was going to be a riot that the Muslims were going to be trying to kill the Christians. Who did that? Somebody planning, huh? Yeah. So, first thing we did is clean up every single car. Because it's illegal over there, by the way, to do that. You can't put stuff out on cars. Well, we cleaned them all up, saved all the paper. Then, we talked to the police and explained to them, there's no problem here. Somebody just gave you a false tip. We're all having a good time. Go in there and look. They're all drinking coffee and having a good time. They said, well, we'll just stick around because we've been warned. I said, listen, if you stick around, you'll scare people, intimidate people. You might even cause a problem. If we need you, we'll call you. Give us your number. You know? They left. Then I went back inside and I said, okay, I'll talk. So they got everybody back in, sat down. So I started to talk out, you know what? Talking about Australia. Talking about, well, I always wanted to come see a kangaroo. And where's that guy that's supposed to wrestle the crocodile? I want to see that guy. What's his name? Steve Irwin? I got to see that. Everybody started laughing. I said, the other thing, all my life, since I was a little kid, I had a globe when I used to go to school. They showed us Australia's down here on the bottom part. I wondered if you had to kind of like hang on or fall off. So they liked all that. We had a good time. I said, you know, actually, let me tell you. We were here with Dr. Reverend David Milton and uh, Fred, and I don't know why I can't remember his last name, but they knew right away who I was talking about. And I said all the wonderful things that they said about Islam. And one of them is on our website. You can listen to him say it. In his speech, he spoke before me, he said, I would like to call for the reestablishment of the Sharia of Islam. Huh? We got Muslims that won't say that. We have Muslim speakers today denouncing that. In fact, there's a woman going around here. Well, I don't know if she's really a woman because she likes other women, but that's what she said. But anyway, she wants to be imam, lead people in salah, stuff like that. You know her, right? Okay. Well, she said she does not want to see the Sharia of Islam reestablished. She likes the government of Canada. That's what she said. And here we've got a Christian leader, 18 years in charge of the ABC broadcasting for religious programming all over Australia. And he's calling for the Sharia of Islam. How about that? Pretty cool, huh? Since then, he's been emailing me. We're still talking. Is that the right way to do it? Is that called invite? Yeah, I think so. So what I did, I told these people about those guys and how much they appreciated the fact that I traveled 15,000 miles just to come and see them. And I said, actually, the whole trip has been beautiful, wonderful, until tonight. Right up until tonight. It's been uh, just like a dream for me. But I have to tell you, I'm pretty disappointed. I'm disappointed. Because all of this was agreed, and I think you listened real close. You noticed that the boy read the paper before we started the program. A young man stood up here and he read it to you. Didn't he say it? 
this is not a debate. And that we weren't going to be attacking each other's religions, but we were looking for solutions to problems to bring our youth together for a better future. Isn't that what was said? A lot of Christians there. They said, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's what you said. I said, so I'm disappointed. Really disappointed. And I refuse to address the accusations, innuendos, insults, and misrepresentations, misquotes, and corruptions that this man has produced from our book, the Quran, and from his book, the Bible. My subject is not going to be a retaliation against this man's hatred. My subject is going to be just exactly what it's supposed to be in the first place. Now I'm going to describe two words to you, and then I'm going to be done. I'm going to walk off the stage. The first word is Islam. And I broke it down from the Arabic and showing it means not peace. That's another thing. When you're going to go out and give your dawah, don't lie. Don't say, Islam is peace. Islam is tolerance. Do you really believe that? If it's so much peace and so much tolerance, how come so many Sahabi had to die? How many innocent Sahabi were killed in the first 13 years of Islam and couldn't defend themselves because they had no order to do so? Huh? Come on. And they'll catch you on that anyway. You are lying and they're going to catch you. They're going to say, well, if it's peace, tell me about the Battle of Bedr. Do you know the Battle of Bedr? Huh? Did the Muslims go there to catch the caravan or did the caravan come parading through Medina? Which way was it? Tell the truth. Who attacked who? We understand it was by divine right because Allah said it in the Quran in Surah Baqarah. First ayah to deal with that is in, in Surah Baqarah, ayah 190 and 191. But it's in response to when it says, Yasalunaka in 189, they're asking you about the Hilal, they're asking you about entering the door from the back of the house, and they're asking you about the Hajj. And the relationship to the moons and the sighting of the moons and the Hajj is why Allah is telling them, now you can go and fight. It's also in the Quran in Surah 9, which is a Tawbah, verse, I think, 36. You can check it for yourself. The same thing, saying the same thing and dealing with the subject of the sighting of the moon. Why? Because they go for Hajj. And what's that got to do with war? Because they'd already tried Hajj several times and these people wouldn't let them make Hajj. So if they won't and they're going to fight you, now you have the order from Allah to fight. You can go and fight. And the word is Kital, not Jihad. The tafsir by Ibn Kathir, the student of Ibn Taymiyyah, writes, this is the first verse pertaining to jihad. But it didn't say jihad in the verse. It says kitel. Kitel means combat. Except in the order where it's telling you, kill them where they kill you. Turn them out from where they turned you out. But if they stop, you have to stop. Verily, Allah does not love the transgressors. So, okay. Those are the kind of things that you want to be able to be prepared to talk about because they're, they're not going to just sit there and listen to you go, Islam is peace. Islam is tolerance. Islam is the most not tolerant religion there is. Allah will not tolerate that you corrupt this deen. Allah will not tolerate that somebody try to change the Quran. Is that true or false? And Allah will not tolerate that you worship other than Him. 
So don't misrepresent Islam. Guess what happened? I want to share the end of that story with you before I end tonight. Guess what happened? When I got done with my little talk about what's Islam and who are the Muslims and what's the Quran, the people jumped up out of their seats real fast and we were worried that maybe somebody was going to attack us or something was going to go on because we were expecting it. The guy got up on the stage. I kept telling him, you have to get off the stage. The other brothers, all of those guys are in martial arts down there. All of the Muslims down there in martial arts. Big guys. But nobody was with me on the stage. And here's this young guy coming right at me, a Christian. I went, "Uh uh-oh. It's going to be a mess. And I kept saying, please get off the stage. I grabbed the microphone back so they could hear me. I said, please leave the stage. And he looked me right in the eye and he said, but I want to become a Muslim. I said, what? He made his shahada. Another man said, I want to become a Muslim. He made his shahada. Two women wanted to make their shahada, but they didn't walk up on the stage. We went over to them. This is happening right in the face of the people who came to destroy Islam. And they walked out shaking their heads. And in Arabic, they were telling each other, we've been destroyed tonight. We've been destroyed. We as Muslims are not wanting to destroy Christians. What we want to see destroyed is the disease the disease of lies and hatred, violence and terrorism that's going around this planet. Regardless of who the perpetrators are, we're the enemies to it. We are only here for what? To spread a clear, true message. It has peace in it, absolutely. There's tolerance in it, absolutely. But there's some clear direction in there as well. And it has to be presented by people that are willing to stand up and tell the truth regardless. And I'm going to share a hadith with you before I end. Prophet Muhammad said something that when I heard this, I was pleased so much with this saying because it makes so much common sense. And he said, whoever tries to please the people at the expense of displeasing Allah, Allah is already displeased with them. And he'll make the people displeased too. But whoever tries to please Allah, even at the expense of displeasing the people, then Allah will be pleased with them and He'll make the people be pleased with them too. That's a good hadith. Take it to the bank. Because our Prophet when he says something about the deen, there's no doubt. It's just like you're hearing it straight up. So this is for us as Muslims to pay attention to. We're not building bridges, we're opening them. We're not misrepresenting Dean, we're showing it through our own action. And one of the best actions is to speak truth. And this is a saying of the Rasul, let the one who believes in Allah on the last day either say what is good, khair, or be silent. So Allah, make us say the right way or keep us silent. Amen. Allah, keep our feet on the straight path. Amen. Allah make us the examples of the people so they can come across that bridge and see what's Islam. Amen. And Allah open up our hearts, open these bridges, and open the people's hearts and minds to the deen. Amen. And Allah always forgive us for our mistakes where we go wrong and guide us to do better. Amen. You're listening to Islam Always and we're always open 24 hours a day on the internet. IslamAlways.com I-S-L-A-M-A-L-W-A-Y-S dot com And there's always plenty of free parking. 
Till next time. Salam alaikum rahmatullah.